Welcome to In Tune, a music appreciation podcast. My name is Aiden. My name is Andrew. And I'm Jagan. Hey, yeah. And just so you all know, it is March the 2nd, 2020, just to date in case like something happens and yeah yeah <laughs> what's the day yeah we're recording yeah recording day is march 2nd monday <laughs> yeah um, i think we're ready to go right off the bat this time around yeah yeah Isn't... we'll probably just skip the news and jump right into yeah, it because we can't think of any news yeah we're probably missing a whole lot yeah a lot of album announcements a lot of festival announcements yeah that's it of, yeah that's kind of it that's that time of the year yeah all right so We'll start with my album first, and I'm probably going to butcher his name, because I forgot to look this up, how to pronounce his name. Yokote yeah. uh, Sons. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's probably the closest. Yeah. You probably said it better than I would have. Yeah. So Yokote Soms, uh, Travel Time. Uh, so this is a, from a label that I've been following for a little over like a year and a half. It's from Orange Milk Records, which sort of puts out experimental, weird electronic music. But like when I started following it early on, they did a lot more like sound design, a lot more like similar to like, I guess, James Ferraro's like virtual city sound that he would do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I listened to this record, I wasn't expecting it to be so dancey almost and like funky and that's sort of where a travel time goes from you can definitely see where a lot of the influences come from like you have your apex twin you have your boards of canada on some tracks and then i also hear a little bit of yellow magic orchestra which almost gives some of the tracks like a video game vibe Mm -hmm. which really drew me in because if anyone knows me my addiction to video game music is huge And so that's what really pulled me in. Like starting off with like the first two tracks, they're more IDM like. So it's kind of weird to transition into a more like dancing. Yeah, they're very like chill, chill wavy. Yeah, like Mars. Mars, I could see video game like intro screen section almost because it has that Boards of Canada vibe. But then Sub Blue is more like an Apex Twin track, Mm -hmm. like completely. Yeah. With how like everything set up super apex twin like textured yeah but then i feel like that's where the influence stops with those two bands and then it goes more into this funky synth poppy almost like dancey record from there on out with a few ambient interludes here and there Mm -hmm. yeah overall it was a great surprise and if people aren't following this label they need to follow it because it's one of the most exciting electronic labels out there right now yeah what did you guys think i was just surprised by what it was when i first started listening mainly because i love this kind of music Mm -hmm. i absolutely love like the entire like synth wave outrun kind of vibe and i think like what i really enjoyed was i guess the variation of the actual phases that they had like they had phase one two and three as interludes and A, I liked how short they were, like the actual yeah. phases themselves. <laughs> yeah, they were... Like they were there enough to like give like an act... perfectly sized. Mm-hmm. Like each one got a little bit longer, and I think the last one was like borderline a little bit too long, around a minute and thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. It's just yeah. kind of like ambient noise. But I really enjoyed uh, specifically like phase two and phase three, which is actually only one song, at least on mine. Bear, yeah, bear after is. phase three, which I thought was kind of yeah. strange. Um, what I loved a lot about it was that it had a very uh, like you're saying like a very dancey feel specifically the latter half 
and it, it reminded me a lot specifically even the track uh, I got your back reminded me some like very much of like Daft Punk's discovery mm-hmm. like the way that they kind of like did the synth and like it just kind of had like a hoppy vibe I don't know how to describe it yeah no, <laughs> I know I get what you're saying and then I was really surprised by Bear Bear mainly because it was the only song that had like a very deep bass like one that like rumbles your headphones a little bit and it's like just like actually just a very low frequency mm-hmm. it was just like not expecting that after the first half well the, the entire album actually having like you know it has like it has like a little bit of a bass kick but it definitely wasn't bass heavy in any no it's more synth heavy yeah synth heavy sure. yeah. yeah what did you feel about phase one then if you oh preferred? i i loved phase one as well oh, okay like, <laughs> i really loved <clears throat> that phase one had like a very well, like electronic feel to yeah. it. Like it was very like modulated synths. Mm-hmm. It was like not like uh not like overly clean sounding drums or more like electronic drums. And it had like like yeah, I was like love like the, like the swinging synths and stuff like that. Yeah. Like the kind of the, yeah. the the like the there's like a <laughs> there's like a really nice attention to detail from this be- like from this person, and it distinctly I think it really comes from him being like a film scorer. Like that's yeah. yeah, no, oh, he, he was, like, like his, very his involved in, like, the Chicago art scene. Like, I was reading his background, and this was, like, he was also, like, a DJ and a visual artist and stuff like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I definitely I, see that, like, yeah. attention to detail. I think that is, like, the utmost benefit to, like, being in that line of work is that there's such, like, a... You understand the importance of, like, every little tiny thing that you're touching on. Mm-hmm. And it comes even from, like, he did an interview where he was talking about, like, just how much he recognizes how important this all is, is, like, when he, one of his first, like, big memories that kind of introduced him to, like, electronic-based music and, like, being in music in general was, like, flipping the switch from mono to stereo when he was really mm-hmm. young and just, like, understanding the con- the, the difference that that makes. Of course, yeah, yeah. Well, That's dope. <laughs> yeah. Even, like, a, this interview kind of goes into, like, how both of those moments intertwine on this album where it's just like he is also really fascinated with the concept of like space and whatnot and like astrology and seeing the stars and the galaxy and all that and that was his second instance of like this is what I want to do this is kind of like the stuff that I want to do is being like like uh, years later going to a park at the nighttime and like looking at the stars and shit and he was saying oh this is like the first time that I got to see all the stars in like the Milky Way and he was like I haven't seen anything like that and I think that's sort of what this album is kind of touching on is like that exploratory yeah vibe. that's yeah, exactly that's exactly that, that's it. also a hundred percent like why I've fallen in love with like electronic music and like all its different like outlets the past couple of years is I feel like it brings you to another world and I know that's, yeah. like, cliche to say, but it's very true, like, how you can build, especially, like, with these albums, like, Travel Time, you can build, like, a whole nother world where you can, like, visualize yourself there almost. Mm-hmm. Well, I think even a lot of it comes, like, swinging it back from the fact that quite a lot of uh, movie soundtracks are pretty, like, electronic-based. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it, it, to me, internally, I kind of have this association with, like, electronic music will bring me like almost like yeah transport me to like another cinematic world cinematic or like right, yeah exactly yeah. Right? it's like yeah very cinematic feeling and then and then electronic music obviously you can have very textured and layered music of all sorts but i feel like electronic music definitely gives you like the most freedom in yeah. really exploring like really detailed and crisp 
textures and layering and everything like that. Yeah. Which is why I personally love this album yeah. in general electronic music. Yeah. yeah. Like there's something about like the the way like the way songs feel bubbly on here. Like no other album or not many other albums give me that sort of feeling of like that like the bubbliness that kinda comes out of this. Like mm-hmm. the textures just kinda like bounce and like roll. Like a I don't know. Like, yeah. No, I like, know I know yeah, exactly like, what you like, mean. I just yeah. don't <laughs> It's so hard to explain, like, the feeling internally that yeah. it gives you. Um, I really liked the song Push On because it reminded me of, like, a Japanese RPG. That was yeah. that was the reason that that wasn't a favorite of mine. Oh, really? It was, like, it literally felt too much like an SNES, like, <laughs> really? intro. That's definitely why I loved it, too. I, liter- I literally the, wrote when down... When that song started, I was like, damn, I, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love this. Like, I literally wrote down Japanese RPG loading screen music vibe. Literally. Yeah. Like, something for Persona 5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I 100% was, like, with you there. Yeah. I was like, yeah. The... Honestly, a lot of these tracks reminded me of early Sonic music too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just, has like that sort of like optimism. Yeah, like, exactly. Baked in. Yeah, yeah, very like synth heavy and very like dancey almost. Yeah. Because a lot of Sonic music was inspired from the whole funk scene, like this album was as well. Yeah, and I think that's like uh, that's something that you were saying at the beginning as well. Like, uh, like before I would have listened to this, like I wasn't expecting this to be as as funky as it was mm-hmm. and i really appreciated this yeah phase two yeah. had a very future funk kind yeah. of vibe to it like i really enjoyed uh i'm in the wrong section. i got your back i mean i mean it got too many there's one song that had like a <laughs> piano solo kind of thing in the middle of it and it had like fast kind of like bumpy yeah. like funky drums going on yeah. and everything and it was yeah. just had a very like jazzy funky vibe to it and mm-hmm. i was like oh i love this isn't that i got your back no, I don't think so. I think it's no. every. I think that might be everything, everything is fine. fine. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm terrible with soundtracks. Yeah. And that <laughs> was, that's why that I wrote it down. I, yeah. I can't even find it. That was the thing with for me with everything is fine is like it could have like where push on kind of went too wrong in that direction. I think like everything is fine could have gone that same route like accidentally, but it all like ended up being a really fun li- like that one just specifically like ended up really working. For, for me, yeah, yeah, and then Sub Blue, I really liked that one, was like especially near the end. I loved like the production on that one, just like the waviness of it. Which Mar- song, sorry, uh, Sub Blue, Sub Blue, oh, okay, a very yeah. like Apex sounding track. I agree, sorry. that, that I... ending is very good, yeah. I don't even know how to describe it in like terms of sound, yeah, <laughs> glitchy almost, yeah, yeah. 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 I, it's not even that glitchy, but yeah, just a little like sound where you guys like, rink, rink. yeah, 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 like little like kind of quacky. Yeah, 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 I know exactly what you're talking about. I like that too. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a very short album too, so that's one thing that I really appreciate about it as well, because a lot of electronic albums can go too long, too long. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, it twenty seven minutes, ten tracks, three being interludes. Yeah, so seven between the twenty five ish minutes. That's totally it flashes reasonable. by, like yeah, and in like a good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. never a dull moment. It's no. just yeah, like it just it it captures your attention and kind of like it's all just like pleasant, mm-hmm. like through and through. Yeah, what else? What else did I have to say? Yeah, you have a lot yeah. to dance. I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. just waiting to see if you have anything to add. Yeah, it was just like a really fun listen. 
all the phases were really fun and like we we've talked about this before with like interludes and stuff like that like there's so much that can go wrong with with an interlude especially if it's just like an ambient kind of thing but like this hits all of the right notes in that territory yeah so that's like i think i'm always gonna be the office up there i love ambient interludes (laughs) i think they add so much to an album but they have that's to be another the, discussion. They have to be the right length. That's the key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't overstay your welcome because overstaying your welcome ruins the entire interlude, if you ask me. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that is true. It, yeah. it depends on the length. And yeah. there are some, like, lengthier interludes that I would say work well, oh, but for they sure. do. Yeah. Like, definitely a lot in, like, soundtracks for the blind, which might be an album I'd pick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of those interludes like flow really well throughout the album, yeah. but I they're think, like a minute long usually. I Plus, think that's that's something that I think like it shares shares like similar sort of positives is like the Uncut Gems soundtrack. Whenever you get a chance to like watch I, the movie I, and, I and listen to it, seen like, I need to <laughs> carve out two hours yeah, or however long it is. Yeah, like even just alongside being like a good movie, like the album. Is actually but, really good. Like really fucking good. Oh, it yeah. is like the perfect. Is like, it is it like travel. a soundtrack or is it an album? Like does it have vocals and does it have like there's a few um uh, I think one song? Is like... it a is it a score or a soundtrack? Yeah. yeah, Because yeah. score is like yeah. original work. It 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 yeah. It labels itself as a soundtrack. Okay. I, I think it is a score technically because yeah. it was done completely by Daniel Lapatin and he did the previous one too. He did Good Time. Yeah, and it's, oh, I loved Good and Time. And it's completely. Wait, like is this made by the same person who did Good Time? Yeah, Safdie kind of, Brothers. The Safdies. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Then I should definitely watch it because I really liked Good Time. Yeah, Good Time's really yeah. good. Definitely got snubbed. It did. My, it did. My boy Adam Sandler. Was uh. <laughs> it up for any nominations? Nope. No, the only A24 movie was The Lighthouse. Mm. Yeah. And for cinematography, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Not even for script. Did yeah. it win? Lighthouse didn't win no, anything. It was, I think it, 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 was, it did win like Parasite won cinematography. I think no, it was uh, 1917. Oh, it was. Yeah, yeah. Which, yeah. to be fair, is also because totally it was Roger winning. Deakins. Com- completely fair. Have you guys seen 1917? Yeah, it was no. really well done. Oh yeah, super well done. Yeah, yeah. The, this one the scene specific so with the flares when oh, they're in the whole yeah. town mm-hmm. that like yeah. totally oh, that's so nice. 100% is like yeah, it deserved, yeah, that it, for deserved that, it for that specific. Scene. I mean, at this point, Roger Diz- Deakins deserves a lot. Yeah, for sure. Okay, anyways, back to the music. Yeah. Um, I don't have anything else to say. I, but yeah. personally, I already just like prefaced this that this is my favorite album out of the four. Ooh. Same and, here. <laughs> and like, I well maybe Rivals really the classic it. for me, but mm-hmm. I already know Jagan's opinion on that album. Oh, I'm so curious. <laughs> I'm so curious. I uh, yeah, I'd give this album. I, I wrote down nine out of ten for myself. Like it's it's actually pretty much like a very flawless album to me like all the way through i really like this okay. album yeah i would give it the same rating i give it like an eight eight point five yeah i wasn't like as, yeah, as keen I'm, but I'm, like it's just like not my... too because you're the one that listens to the least electronic music yeah, exactly. both of us. So, so i, I was still pretty happy with it i think this past like half a year has like it's been good and it's helped me figure out like kind of what the electronic that i enjoy is and it's like kind of this apexy like not entirely Aphex Twin influence kind of stuff but this is that similar this is that sort of energy that I'm generally attuned with like a higher BPM yeah. and with a lot of texturing yeah. yeah I'm in the same boat as you you'd, yeah. you'd probably enjoy a lot of tech now and then yeah, yeah. 
Okay, you guys want to move on to Aiden's album? Yeah, I think that's enough to say about that album because yeah. it is a pretty short album. So, mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, Aiden. All right, here you go. Yeah, we'll give you a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up choosing the part one of Moses Sumney's double album called Gray. It's um, pronounced gray, right? I wasn't Yeah, I was trying to look up the pronunciation of like the AE section mm-hmm. and I I feel like it might still be like a stylistic choice. Okay. I was kind of doing as well cuz the AE gives off more of like a ah yeah, pronunciation. Gra. So like I'd be curious if he wants it to be pronounced gra. Yeah. <laughs> but I think he's he, like especially with how he's discussed uh it's a conce- as he describes it, it's a conceptual patchwork about grayness and like duality. So I'm assuming he's kind of going for gray. Okay, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, Moses Sumner, we've talked about Moses Sumner a a bunch of times on the podcast before. I don't think we've ever had him as, like, a pick yet. Didn't you do um, the East Song EP? uh, Yeah, I might have done the three song EP. Yeah. Yeah. But, regardless. Yeah, regardless, yeah. But uh, he's been well talked about in in my regard, (laughs) for sure. Like, probably if I were to say it right off, if we were to choose immediately, Moses Sumney might be one of my like favorite or like one of my one of my discoveries that I've continually been like the most excited by. I kind of discovered him shortly after A Romanticism came out, which was his uh previous his like debut LP from like twenty seventeen, which was really good, but it's like different from some of this newer stuff. And I'd say like, it's actually very different. Yeah, yeah I would like say literally, literally A Romanticism <laughs> is like kind of his more dabbling to like minimalist kind of stuff and this is really maximalist like there is a lot going on in this album yeah in terms um, of like yeah they both definitely have the overall melancholy tone though yeah which i definitely think he thrives in yeah i think he's like these certain <clears throat> themes and stuff is kind of what he ends up dabbling the most in i wrote that aromanticism was touching on the I, the concept of like love and aromanticism as like a love is a necessity kind of thing and not even just as like an intimacy but like camaraderie kind of thing yeah it's like like necessity i think is the right word to use yeah and then this one is grayness caught between beauty and brutality's battle to dominate earth is like the concept that he was kind of going for and then moses like in, in two words i think definite like he is thoroughly interested in definition and identity on on gray. Those were like two words that I think if I were to pick out, those are what he's kind of touching on the most on. I could see that. Yeah. Definitely with some of the sound bites. Yeah, with like the sound bites and like some of the lyrics he's touching on, like we haven't even touched like the music just yet. It's so like... funny. I pay more attention to the sound bites than the actual lyrics. Yeah. I just realized that. Yeah. Like like even on like the the first the vocal the first song that has like voices in it with cut me he kind of has that interlude near the middle where he says guess I'm a true immigrant son virile is like entirely a take on masculinity or like perceived masculinity um, Jill and Jack has the whole thing where it starts off as and that's probably one of the cooler bits on the album is like Jill and Jack with the way that the statement morphs. If you ended up catching that, no, because it starts with 
he had that mas- he had that masculine thing down and then the vo- his voice kind of gets introduced as a as a statement kind of repeats and it kind of just morphs and like absorbs itself into she he had that masculine feminine thing down and it's not something that you immediately catch but and that's just like the beauty of like the the instrumentation and like the way that it kind of distracts you from well for sure from some things yeah. yeah i definitely paid more attention to the yeah. instrumentation on this record yeah but yeah but uh, that's fuck. generally what i do yeah but that's definitely like you explaining it to me it's a cool concept now <laughs> more than i just like originally thought yeah it is, yeah. There is a lot to unpack with this album. And that's like literally why I've somehow spent five, like probably five minutes talking about just themes and shit. Just themes, yeah. yeah. It like, it is a really gratifying, but also like it is. It has to be like an intentional listen. All the same, I think. What do you mean by that? Like. Like you have to sit down and. Like you kind of have to like you kind of have to sit down with it a little bit. But it's oh, also like sure. accessible. Like he he's trying yeah. to like he I could think he... either do either or almost. Yeah, I think it definitely it leans more towards the sit down side if you ask me. Yeah, I would say so. I've tried listening to this album while doing something else. I'm like a cat. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's just like, like the general tone he has, or like the general themes he has, are just like yeah. a little bit deeper, and the the style itself is is a lot more melancholic which in general like i feel like are things that you usually sit down and yeah appreciate a little like bit. i think the only single and it ended up being the only song that ended up being a single that probably fits into that like accessibility vein is like cut me mm-hmm. cut me was actually a highlight was, of like a, a highlight of mine too like i actually i wrote down that uh i love that i love the simple bass line that goes throughout yeah. the entire song that one has um that one has thundercat doing oh bass. that's oh cool yeah. oh cool and then, um, and then I said, the, yeah, the vocals towards the end, oof. <laughs> oh, man. I literally wrote oof. I literally can't, I, I wrote it down, but watching this track perform live, he performed it live for Stephen Colbert, which is, like, his first, like, live TV, like, debut, I guess. Oh, really? And, like, Moses has so much fucking control over his voice, it is unreal. <laughs> like... I would imagine just like listening to him on the album, yeah. you can really tell he has a lot of control over what he can do with his voice. Yeah. Um, yeah. I liked some of the more experimental tracks. I don't know for lack of a better term, but like uh, I wrote on like Conveyor as like an album that just like had like a little bit more of like an interesting production, like mm-hmm. use of his vocals throughout it, like compared compared to like Romanticism or. Uh, can't remember that small the black and deep red yeah black and deep red. like it just like both of those i felt like had more <clears throat> predictable sounds mm-hmm. especially once you get through a few songs you're like, okay i know where this is going mm-hmm. but this album in general i felt like there was a few times where i was genuinely surprised never personally in a bad way and uh but i know that andy how do you feel about so <laughs> i thought it was all right oh. <laughs> i thought it's I hate the two album split. I think it just ends abruptly and that it doesn't really conclude anything. And that's because we have to wait until May to get the second part. Mm. Okay. Um, the first four songs are some of the worst songs I've heard from him. Oh, really? <laughs> I did. Wow. I heard them and I was like, I'm not going to like this album. Luckily. But you liked for real. You liked, you liked Varile when it came out. 
Uh, yeah, I know. But listening to this album, it just those first four songs. It was I had to get through them before I'm like I want to listen to this record. Okay. Like yeah. those first four songs, I was like I just want to turn this off. Like, not in a bad way, but more in like a boring way where I'm just like I'm mm-hmm. not interested until mm-hmm. Conveyor and Conveyor like really hit with the more like experimentation and everything. Yeah. I just felt like the first four songs were a little more straightforward mm-hmm. when it came to him. And I was explaining this to Jagan too. I'm like, am I just not remembering Moses? Like, did I overstate like my likeness to him? Like maybe I'm just not that into him. So I went yeah. back and listened to uh, his Aromance first album. Yeah. yeah. I, and then I was like, no, I really love this. And then I just realized they're just really different stylistically this yeah. time around which you were explaining beforehand. And that's, like, one thing. I, I really love, like, when he's more minimalist, almost. Yeah. And it really shows, like, during Conveyor. And then Boxes, that's just, like, a little interlude. But, of course, you know my love for, like, those little interludes. Boxes I really like, too. Yeah, yeah. I just love yeah. that he's just, like, it's just, like, very minimalist. And then you have his voice in the background as well. And then, I don't know how to pronounce it, Gagarin. Gotcha. Yeah, I don't know how. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like the song run from Conveyor to uh, neither nor is just amazing and it's really like carries bit, yeah. the album. Neither like, nor yeah. is the highlight of the album. For yeah, me. like yeah. those songs. Like, if, if the so- tracklist was changed a little, I feel like maybe it fits well for everyone else. But mm-hmm. those first four songs were just difficult for me to get through. That's fair. But then after that, it was like okay. Now it's picked up. Yeah, it, yeah. it grew uh, on me more. Like, there's more experimentation after, like, yeah. conveyor and boxes and everything. Like, yeah. I have to say, the transition from boxes into Gagarin is li- so mesmerizing. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, no, that yeah. that three-song run definitely yeah. takes the cake. I really like uh, also, also, and, and, and. Yeah. That was a good uh. one. It was really, like, cool and well done. Yeah, I like that one a lot, too. Honestly, I'm, color, tr- I'm trying to col- remember. Colo, color, 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 Yeah, honestly, that, like, how many tracks is that? Seven? Seven track run. That that seven track run is beautiful, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't honestly remember Polly. Oh, <laughs> I like, Polly was, like, the song for me. Yeah. Whereas, like. I fuck with this so much. He, I'm gonna be so excited for this album. Wasn't this a song released before the album, like a long it was, time ago? It was. Well, it was Viral was the first song. Yeah. And then Polly was the second. Polly was the second single. How many okay. singles did they have? Uh. Or he have three, including. Cause um, let me see. Um. Including his, Cut Me. Yeah, Cut Me was the third single, and then Conveyor was a live thing that he, he was like, this is not a single, but I couldn't wait to no. post this as, like, a live video kind of thing. It was, like, for, like, a like a BBC alternative, basically, I think it was. Oh, it was one yeah. of those. So it was, like, a live performance that he did for some YouTube channel, and he was like, I literally can't, I, like, I'm just going to post this. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I remember hearing... Polly beforehand. Yeah, that's what I felt like. Yeah, I, I, f- I feel like I had shared it to you, and I was like, "This is like what fucking hits me," because it kind of Polly is. Uh, that Polly m- is probably the most like a romanticism leaning of the two. It still has like the maximalist yeah. kind of stuff going on, yeah. but it's probably like the most comfortable with just the acoustic guitar and his voice kind of thing. I think that might have been the one you showed me then, because I remember. I'm pretty sure for. VRL 
or whatever uh that one i was like iffy about i was like okay we'll see where this goes mm-hmm. and i remember you sending me polly mm-hmm. i don't think you sent me country though yeah no you i didn't have, yeah yeah because i don't remember listening to it before this album i just did not like cut me though <laughs> it was honestly probably my least favorite oh wow if i had to Damn. pick a song wow this is in like the top three for me yeah, yeah i know that's why when i heard you guys talking about it i was like oh okay <laughs> listening to a different album i guess <laughs> yeah i just like i think cut me and vero have like fun like instrumentation in the background if you're not a fan of like voices and stuff I can see why you don't, but I think there's also, like, some fun flourishes, especially in Virile. It's not even that. It's actually the instrumentation for me. Yeah. That I I don't like in both those songs. Mm -hmm. It's almost, both of them almost have more of, like, I guess a rock vibe. Yeah. In a way, which, like, yeah. I think most people, (laughs) most people, like, Fantano, I, I, kind of want to stop bringing up Fantano when we do these podcasts. <laughs> but, I mean, like, you, it's hard not it to. Yeah. Like, he kind of had a similar complaint with Cut Me when it came out as a... He did a track review single thing, like the weekly roundup, and he was like, oh, I don't like it because it sounds like an R&B thing. It sounds like very new R&B or something like that, and that was his kind of complaint with that. Yeah. And I get it. Yeah. I get it. But... <laughs> <laughs> what What would you consider his style? Like, like a, not like Baroque, but like, I don't know, Baroque is kind of an influence there, I guess. I was going to say the thing that I saw when I looked it up was like mainly like Baroque pop. Yeah. So I was going to ask. Like, like arts. Art pop. Art pop. Yeah. Cool. I I definitely could see it being labeled as art pop. Yeah. Did you guys listen to the single for the next part? No, didn't no. know it was out. Did it come out today? I don't know. It's available from, for on on Apple Music. It has like both oh, in fuck one. Off. And there's one called <laughs> "Me in Twenty Years." Oh, "Me in Twenty Years." Okay, yeah, 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 no, that was, fuck, that was a single. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> so not memorable. <laughs> no, it was. I liked it. Oh, um, I remember hearing that too. Yeah. yeah. I'm remembering the hook now. How the fuck did I forget that one? <laughs> man. Yeah, you're such a fan. Oh, man, that's you're so funny. Because I think the way that Spotify had it laid out was, like, when it was a single, it was under the same, like, cover art, and it had, like, the two part one singles alongside it, and then it was just, like, missing oh. from the album, and I, like, yeah. just, like, I, forgot about I its see existence. That. That's yeah. so funny. It's like, oh, yes. yeah. Yeah. But I really, I, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was a good yeah. track to you. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, it wasn't like a standout track for me. Yeah. Though, and I, I didn't really plan on yeah. talking about it very much. But yeah. That's so I just funny. thought I'd ask. I, I don't think I listened to it, honestly. So. Yeah. Polly, what I wanted to say about Polly as well is, I, I think it may, it might have been me reading into it, but I feel like it connected with the whole like duality and identity um, theme that he was kind of running for, but I was curious if he was calling it Polly based on, like, the Polly and Molly, like, sheep cloning situation. Because Dolly... Because Dolly... Yeah, Dolly. <laughs> Dolly is the clone. Yeah, and who's... Polly and Molly were the... Original? Were the OGs. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I've never heard of this. So... Oh, you never heard of the, yeah, the sheep cloning? No. It's, like, the first, like, 
majorly uh, like grown and confirmed case of like a genetically like entirely genetically cloned animal being uh, born and grown. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Like okay. it lived for a substantial amount of time. If I, I think it like for the normal yeah, like type of a yeah, sheep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this was so, this recent. No, like it was like early, early 90s? Early 2000s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That yeah. explains why I never heard of it. I mean, yeah, they talked about it in science class and shit, I guess. Yeah. And he's I, too busy playing on his phone. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck Andrew. I honestly, yeah, half the science class I did not pay attention to unless it was physics. Yeah, it was bio. Yeah, no, I hated bio. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah, explains that was like, it. Sorry, I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. It was like a, a title track that kind of caught my eye, especially when I kind of thought about it, especially like the there's the one set of lyrics where he says, like, if I split my body into two men, would you love me better? And upon like further reading into it, Polly is sort of like his Polly as a song is sort of his take on polyamorous relationships and sort of like his admittance that he can't necessarily handle them mm-hmm. in a sense. Like, it's just like a. Like he just like his his desperation to to feel like love from like one certain person kind of beats out the the concept of polyamory, so like it might just have to do like the with the poly polyamorous, that could just be it too. But it was just that one lyric stuck out to me as like oh maybe that's maybe there's something there. Yeah. I, I I totally understand where you where you and how you interpreted that. Yeah, I feel like one line though isn't enough to signify the yeah exactly meaning, right? so yeah. I don't know. Personally, I lean more towards like the polyamorous thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I think he's kind of come out as much as like that's probably what he was leaning to. But I was wondering if it was like a, I, I would alternative thought. I would think more polyamorous, yeah. just because it seems a lot of his topics have to do with relationships and yeah. love and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it could have definitely been like thought of. And yeah, that specific line is he, there, yeah. but I feel like the general tone. He could be relating it. Like, to, yeah, like polyamorous relationships. Yeah, but I'd be if it were that I'd just be curious about like how the cloning aspect kind of falls oh. into that. It's a metaphor. So I was curious. <laughs> I was curious. But yeah, overall, I this is probably one of like my, my one of my like favorite listens of like the twenty twenty so far. Like I really like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for part two in May. Yeah. yeah, I'm with you, for yeah. sure. I I I gave it a personal score of eight point five. Are we gonna <laughs> do part two in May? Do you maybe. think maybe? Yeah. <laughs> Depends what comes uh, out in May, but that'd be pretty cool, actually. Like a continuation. Yeah. Like two months later, three months later, yeah. after thoughts. Re- retrospect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I I would give it like probably like a a nine nine point five for me. Oh, it's very high. Yeah. I get. To, I, I I knew I'm a as soon as you picked it, because actually I listened to most of it before before I actually like went. I listened to it, then I went to go check what you guys picked properly, and I was like, oh, funny. <laughs> so it worked out. So I personally was already like in the boat, and I listened to it. I was like, Aiden probably <laughs> having a heyday because I could tell that you'd like this album yeah. a lot. I knew you were gonna go into this. Yeah. Really loving it. I thought Andrew was gonna love it a lot more. Not yeah. I was curious. I was very I'm surprised like, when Andrew I, told me the way out. He was like, no. Nah. I, I was, was like, surprised, <laughs> too, to be honest. Yeah. It just didn't do as much for me as his DBA yes. album. Yeah. But that's not to say my opinion might change, because funnily enough, I remember roasting Blood Orange. Yeah, in, you love it? 
and now I love that album. So <laughs> you did real sad. I remember that. Yeah. So like they, my opinion could change. Have happened. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let's. That's why I kind of interested to see a retrospect in this yeah. in like two months or so. Because I want to see how much my opinion would change on this album. Mm-hmm. True. I mean, it could totally change how you feel about the, yeah. the first half, depending on how the second half is. Honestly, if I'm being honest, like, the first listen through, I did not like it at all. Like, I would probably give it, like, a five or a six, but it grew on me. Like, this, mm-hmm. like you were saying, it's more of a sit-down-and-listen album. I think I was passively listening to it mm-hmm. my first time around and everything like that. So it's definitely, like, the more of I put it on, the more, like, subtleties I've been picking up on throughout the record. I'm like, okay, this is actually a pretty smart album mm-hmm. like it's not just like just his voice where that's what i was assuming at first because he has an extremely powerful voice and a lot of these musicians just like to show off their yeah, their abilities yeah, yeah exactly which i'm not really into but a lot of people are mm-hmm. but, so i feel about like ariana grande not really like in the same yeah like, genre or sculpture, yeah but like yeah she has an amazing yeah. voice but i feel like all of her music falls a little flat yeah. Except yeah. for like a few tracks here and there, but overall she falls pretty flat because like it's just kind of boring. Yeah. Well, it, it comes to with like it comes to like writing who who's writing them as well. Like I think True. she she falls into like that problem every once in a while where it's just like maybe like the team of writers that she had for a certain song like didn't the ghost didn't pan out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, though, to know, I can't remember what song it was now, but um, what was it? What, there's one song on here that was had like a writing credits from. One of point tricks. Oh yeah, I think I remember seeing that. Yeah. I could see that. Wasn't there an Arca as well? I think so. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Arca was credited. I can. Yeah, Says... I saw some like notable producers. Let's see here. James Blake. I mean, there's forty plus collaborators. Yeah. yeah. James there's Blake, Thundercat, like you said. Yeah. I don't know most of these other names, but. Yeah, most of them just look like producers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I, I'm a fan. Yeah. I <laughs> yeah. like this. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. My recommendation is definitely give it multiple listens if you're like me and did not like it on the first listen because it went from a six to probably like a seven point five and eight somewhere around there. Yeah. Now. Nice. So definitely sure. like shot up from like average to like this is pretty good. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Just probably surprised I didn't like cut me and stuff like that. Yeah, well like I, I yeah, I, I don't know, yeah. Cut me is like a a track that I can understand why people don't like, but I think I like my R and B and I felt like, like that was one of the most successful songs. Yeah. So maybe as like a as a diehard fan of Moses you wouldn't like it as much. Yeah. Right, but I feel like as as if if I was an as introduce, an introduction, I would definitely pick that as yeah. one of the higher up songs. Yeah. I feel like. A lot of people because it has like more more to it than a lot of his other songs. Yeah. I feel like the the general public would like that more. Yeah. Either that or make out in my car. That's oh yeah. All. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good one from yeah. From it, is that on the second part no. or no? no? No. It's from like aromanticism. aromanticism. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Just talking about like intro songs, yeah. I totally forgot about Rank and that. File is also, if you ask me, one of his best songs. I love that song. Rank and File is really good. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, do you want to start talking about yours? I picked a uh, Denzel Curry's new album, Unlocked, and I guess on Apple Music at least, it's it's 
tagged or it's it's artist is actually like Denzel Curry and Kenny Beats. It's because this album was entirely and exclusively uh, produced by him. It was actually made. Um, yeah, Kenny Beats has a YouTube show called The Cave, and mm-hmm. Denzel Curry appeared on The Cave, and allegedly, at least, I can I never actually confirmed this, but it was twenty four hours roughly after they did their Cave episode, they they did this entire album as well. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Um, it's only it's only uh, uh, eighteen minutes, probably because of that a little bit. Yeah. Um, you can but, tell it's kind of like a, not even in a bad way, but like to its benefit it's like oh this is like nice and short and like it's good like a throwaway project yeah. almost or like just like a fun project right yeah. like just like just a and i think that really plays with it uh plays with it well first off i just want to comment um on the album cover before we talk about the music personally i fucking love it i'm just curious really what you guys nice. think i i feel like it right away like everything from like mf doom was my right away it was the first uh, thing i yeah, thought yeah, of yeah. when i saw it i don't know about you guys i was gonna yeah. say like i like and that's sort of like a lot of reviews have kind of went into it where this feels like a og throwback i feel like it's like very like, wu-tang it's like super mm. 36 liquid swords yeah. yeah oh definitely yeah so yeah it's eight tracks uh, and there's actually a couple of uh interludes including mm-hmm. the first track i i feel like first track interludes or i guess you could say like intros or whatever you want to I feel like those ones have always worked the best for me mm-hmm. because it, at least if it's a good one, it really starts getting you excited like for the album, exactly yeah. right yeah. So the first track is literally just called Track A One, mm-hmm. and it is an intro. So there's nothing really uh, to it except it, I feel like it has a, again a very like uh, either like Madlib or like a MF Doom kind of like style where it's just yeah. a little bit like a darker kind of just like a, like I don't know how to describe it actually. Like, no, I I uh, know what you're saying. Yeah. It, it definitely is a darker vibe, more like sample heavy. Yeah, like exactly. Trap. It's just like yeah. Um, it's more like the boom bap era rather than like boom bap. Especially like not what you would expect from Kenny Beats. Mm-hmm. That's like the main takeaway I took from this album. Because when I heard about it, I'm like, oh, another Kenny Beats song. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, his production can definitely be a little samey. Like yeah. specifically on, I, I on have, bigger albums where he's like featured in one track yeah, yeah yeah but like the rico nasty album as well it was very one-dimensional i yeah. feel like beat wise mm-hmm. at least yeah totally fair that was something that was i i really like the pitchfork review on this one that, i never read it yeah, it was good <laughs> it was the first time i hear you say yeah. <laughs> like I, I think alphonse pierre was kind of like right on the money with it where it's just like it is a fair assessment that kenny and denzel don't like always like necessarily match each other's energy but like and it's just like it, it, it's like a thing with Kenny Beats where you're like he keeps his beats like really really clean and sometimes maybe a bit too clean, mm-hmm. especially for like the context of this album and I, most people and I think how he how it seems to be what what seems to be the intention here is like sort of like a tribute to like older style hip hop. Yeah. So I think yeah. like for him it was just like there are no imperfections, there's no colors outside of the lines, and with that it misses some of the heart that makes regional rap special. Sort of just like this should feel like dirty, and that's sort of like that was sort of his thing. But it's sort of like a what can you do situation because that's just how Kenny Beats is, and it's yeah. just kind of like a take it and take, take it and it leave it kind of yeah, thing. Yeah. That's a hundred percent what I agree with there. Yeah, that that's assessment actually, yeah, totally right there. Fair, yeah, yeah. So like that, it it I'm torn on that, but I like for the most part, this guy had like a lot of positives to say on it. Was just like, like the the like the interludes are really nice like 
Denzel is like rapping really, really well. It's just like he is just having fun with it. Definitely it's some like ODB comparisons. Oh, one hundred percent, yeah. Yeah, um <clears throat> I think like even if you start from like the first real track, like take it back, V two. Mm-hmm. I feel like you tell like Denzel's having like, a ton of fun uh, with this verse, which is a little repetitive, especially as it, it it repeats into itself in the second half. Even though I yeah. love the production, in the second half, but it's just the same, yeah. and it's like a much deeper voice effect on it with like also like high pitch to make him sound almost feminine. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds right. Uh, it was actually one. Of, it's one of my favorite tracks, specifically for the latter half, though, because when the beat drops out and it comes back, I love that like older kind yeah, of just like more no. grungy feeling that, like beat. i love that so mm-hmm. much as well that's, that's like, why i was so surprised <laughs> this album, yeah. like i did not expect this whatsoever i expect this from denzel but put the two together yeah no yeah for sure and then another highlight and this is mainly on on denzel's part here is on diet when his voice kind of like gradually grows into dmx's style yeah, yeah. <laughs> just for a little bit and it kind of peaks and then falls yeah. off i yeah. love how he did that yeah worked super well and brought a lot of energy to that song in a, in a song where I feel like the production was a little bit too just stripped away yeah mm-hmm. I feel like that was like, like yeah not as like backdrop pronounced yeah um I think layup I, the, for me that was like a song for me where it's like Denzel may have not necessarily like landed on layup but like Kenny Beats at least had like a really good backdrop for that song yeah uh, that one and Pyro, I feel like, also, had, I feel like he did a really good job in the production. Yeah. Unlocked is, like, really gratifying, too. Just, like, it's, like, a good, like, travel, like, hype-up album. Where it's, like, fuck yeah. Definitely. Yeah. The, just the whole album? Just the whole album. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. And that's it's what generally you what both of them do well. Yeah. Oh, so. for sure. Yeah. It's just, like, bringing a good hype album. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... Yeah. I feel like a lot of like the modern day uh, hype albums rely heavily on the production being usually very hype, mm-hmm. and a lot right. of the time like bass heavy too. And, yeah, and bass that, heavy. that's what I expect from Kenny Beats as well because like he's very bass heavy in his production. Usually, but this yeah. this time around, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for for myself though, I definitely thought like Kenny was more impressive in this album. Yeah. Than Denzel was overall, Ooh. like overall, Ooh. like I didn't. That's not to take away anything from Denzel, but I thought what was really impressive was a lot of the beats on this album, a lot of like the production choices, a lot of the sample choices, a lot of like really the good pitch. samples. Yeah, the samples were amazing. Yeah. Did anyone? I was gonna, because it's not ne- it's not a necessary thing to this album or whatever. But did anyone watch the videos? The video. I yeah. watched about a third of. Yeah, like the full length YouTube one. Yeah, yeah, it was it was cool. It's, it's a cool like he. I guess they did a similar sort of thing with O three O three Greedo, an album that, that was produced by Kenny Beats Kenny Beats as well, and that one was sort of touching on like different like each song was based off like sort of like a film title, for the okay. most part. So it makes that makes a lot more sense for that one. Yeah, so that one had like it's like most of it was kind of like a claymation, but they were like set in scenes in films. I think it was, mm-hmm. and this one each song is kind of like animated into like a different style mm-hmm. so like one of them i think it's layup has like a junji ito sort oh. of like uzumaki kind of style That's cool and then there's uzumaki. another one that has like a samurai jack kind of style to it it feels like it fits into like this theme of like fun 
grimy, dirty, kind of like sample heavy, but like, I don't know, it feels like in tune with how like Denzel Curry often like presents himself, kind of like a colorful, but like multi, like, like his inspirations kind of draw from like all over the place kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah multi, like, like, he's like, yeah. he's a guy that is not not afraid to admit yeah, he likes anime yeah exactly <laughs> he's more i am who i am i'm not gonna follow these trends yeah. essentially awesome. yeah yeah he's like this is fucking cool i don't care if like you don't think it's cool yeah <laughs> uh, that's definitely like what i've noticed from a lot of his lyrics and that's probably one of the biggest reasons why he drew me in as a rapper yeah. as well for that... titling his album n64 his first album <laughs> yeah <laughs> that think... oh Sorry, that line in Pyro the, the is like literally the first line. My bitch bad like battle rappers that make albums was so good. <laughs> it's like damn <laughs> the truth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. uh, that's so good. Yeah, and then it like, uh, a genius was saying that the sample on Pyro was like hood politics, and I was trying to figure out what from hood politics was sampled in it, but it might just be like heavily distorted. Maybe I I, I didn't get that. Yeah. 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 Also, don't they say sample if they like splice like a lyric from it too? Yeah, that's what, that's yeah. what I've heard. Like if they it reference could. like yeah. a, a lyric from a song, that yeah. it's but if even that were the case, almost. I'd be curious which. Yeah, I'd be yeah. curious what from hood politics, what from hood politics was in it. Yeah, lyric wise. Yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't catch that. I feel like the lyrics thing is weird. Yeah. To- so. It's a it's a very genius thing. Yeah, it would be like a genius. genius can is it yeah. super frustrating in that way? Like they they would say they would say sampled if it has just like a lyric reference. Or something. Yeah, you think like so? even like a like Chicago like Drake just dropped Chicago freestyle. Oh, I didn't and listen. It's like two songs. It was like his two every once in a while he puts out two songs to things and it was good on genius. Chicago freestyle is fun. I'd say has like a nice like Sampha e, but not Sampha guy singing for the hook and it's cute. Um, and literally like the, the ending, the ending verse or hook that he ends the song with is him doing the, the Superman Eminem. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It was like, I do know, I do know one thing though. Oh, Women, cool. they come, they go kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That's what, that's that is very Drake. Yeah. <laughs> not, he not doesn't, he don't say bitches. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I pretty genius would say it was sampling Superman because of the oh. first oh. thing. Okay. At least how I remember it, but yeah. Yeah, or it's credited. It's one of the two. Yeah. Either way, yeah. Um, Cosmic, I think, is a highlight for me. Yeah. Easy. Crazy closer. I love the. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, on Cosmic, I really liked um, that the production was more subdued, but like still like very like there mm-hmm. in this track. I feel like that. Like, uh, I mean, it kind of goes back to what I was saying before. Like, I feel like some of the tracks. The production was either like right on the money, or it was pretty lackluster. Mm-hmm. And and in general, I feel like Kenny like overdoes his production. Like kind of like how I, I agree with Andrew to the most part. I'm not like a hater of it. Like I don't also hate uh, Boomin, whatever Metro Boomin. Metro Boomin. Yeah. But I can totally see why Andrew, for example, doesn't like either of them. I like Metro Boomin. <laughs> you didn't. You said you didn't like. I remember during James Blake's album, you said you didn't like Metro Boomin. No, I I didn't like. Uh... I didn't feel that the production went well. I don't remember oh. what I said, to be honest. Okay. I remember. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I, but 
actually that's funnily enough that's another album that really grew on me <laughs> yeah i think we were having like, i think we i was were, talking we about having that Aiden. conversation at one point. yeah i think it was the episode you missed where i mentioned that date yeah I was like, that was it yeah. that was literally it yeah no. i was like i actually love assume form now <laughs> ah, i'm still there i still really like that album yeah 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 <laughs> i think alphonse was a little too mean in his review for that bit but he was like oh the producer approaches the intro to the project like he's following a step-by-step guide titled How to Make a Rizza Beat. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's funny. It's funny. That's, yeah. I, I don't agree with him on that, but yeah. that's, a good, that's his, a good burn. <laughs> yeah, his thing was like, Cosmic wants to capture the grime of New York's former underground, but it's smooth around the edges instead of sounding like it was made in the sewer. And I think that was yeah, largely like the too neat Kenny thing, which I did, can't. you can't necessarily like I get the complaint, but I'm not sure you can necessarily fault it for it. Yeah, ultimately. no, I, I get what you mean. Especially like, with, like, it might not be a preference, right? Yeah, it's just like a but... it's it's a way that Kenny has always produced, and I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. just not something that he's going to switch up for a project. I don't think he's that comfortable. Yeah, like not in that way. I think he's comfortable to like make stuff for Rico Nasty, and he's made comfortable to do like O3 Greedo and Freddie Gibbs and stuff, and he's like able to like amplify them but he's not able to, like, switch himself for them. Oh, totally. He, yeah. he like, definitely just... I'm sure he, if he tried, he'd do it, but he clearly just, like, personally feels like he excels. Yeah. At, like, a cleaner beat, and that's totally respectable. That's fine. Yeah. I don't always want a grimy beat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's too dirty. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and then the outro on... That track as well though on cosmic that was a good outro. i feel like that was a good outro to match the intro again very like doomy feeling to me mm-hmm. just like just like a like a good way to close off an album where it never it doesn't necessarily feel like a story but mm-hmm. it flowed together well and it closed it out in a good way it fits yeah. into that like yeah. superhero like super villainy kind of like aesthetic that denzel cut generally goes for like his yeah. whole like uh like a, what does he call himself like a Zeltron? Yeah, Zeltron. Zeltron three thousand. Zeltron three thousand. Kill him, like, Zell. Finish him, Zell. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay, that makes way more sense. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that sold me on Denzel Curry was like entire like I I've been a fan of his, but I think the thing that really locked him in is like I really like this guy would be like the Bulls on Curry cover. Like, the, how much energy he brought to that, and, like, I really like Rage, and just everything with that, I was like, man, he would actually be, like, a really good, like, cover band tour kind of guy or something, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, Rage is touring themselves now, yeah. but... 100%. Well, either of you guys going to go to that, by the way? I feel like I missed out on buying tickets originally, so now they're, like, what, 200, 300? How much were they originally? I didn't buy the ticket. I think they were, like, 105, 110. Okay. The floor I checked, it was 250. Yeah. Like, two days ago. I was actually talking to a co-worker about it, because, like, he's, he's like, I'm frustrated. He's like, it pisses me off that people are like, oh, that's too much money. And he's like, it's fucking rage. Like, yeah. But I'm already seeing them at Coachella. That's yeah. my so that's, yeah, that's, that's And that's, well, the, thing, and that's the thing before. for him, too, is just, like, if I weren't, I would spend that money. Mm-hmm. Like, this is rage we're talking about. I agree. Totally agree. Yeah. But, I mean, not everybody has... You, I feel like rage is one of those things where you've heard of them. You know, yeah. Like, a lot of people f- like you're like a diehard fucking fan of that band. Yeah. See, I, I don't think I've listened to enough Rage to justify that price, though. 
for me at least because i've only really listened to their singles mm-hmm. they're the big one yeah yeah and yeah because tool is also coming yeah so yeah, I'll same probably go see the tool oh yeah for me my big thing is like i don't i i know their new album and like, i kind of know like a mix and match of their old stuff oh yeah 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 so i feel like i'm in the middle with y'all <laughs> you in the with middle tool, it's like i know if like i i used to listen to not lateralis but um anima anima yeah. yeah i used yeah. to listen to anima a lot yeah so you're gonna go it's a maybe yeah it's a maybe for me too how yeah. much are probably like, expensive Probably, Probably just tool and yeah. it's MTS. Yeah, MTS usually jacks up their prices. Yeah. Kanye for hundred fifty. Isn't the weekend like three hundred dollars? <sighs> something like that. The weekend, every single one of his songs in the past two to three years has sounded the same. The same yeah. flow, the same yeah. style kind of BPM. I liked after hours a lot though. I never liked the weekend. <laughs> I like I liked Starboy era. Yeah. For like a little bit. It like yeah. piqued my interest. I talked to people about that. I'm like Oh, Starboy is actually a pretty good weekend song. They're like, Starboy is the worst weekend song. They like that, like, moody, like, one-dimensional weekend. Like, yeah. so many, like, weekend fans are like that. I, like, a lot of people like Trilogy. And I've been trying to get into Trilogy. I don't trilogy. like Trilogy. I've never listened to Trilogy. I think it's a product of its time. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. yeah. It's very, like, that Toronto R&B sound that was very huge in, like, yeah. early 2010s. Yeah. Yeah. I'm torn on the weekend because I like that. I liked the first single, but it's like the first and like only single out of like this out this new album that I liked. Okay, so that's how. Yeah, I'm sure he has like one or two good songs. Yeah, Starboy. I bought. I mean, the reason why I liked Starboy so much is yeah, because Daft Punk was yeah the two Daft Punk songs are the best songs. Yeah, Yeah. I know that's exactly how I feel too. And everyone's like, no, that's not real weekend, and I'm like, the fuck, it's only interesting weekend. Also, we saw part of his set at Oshie, yeah, it and it was bad. so pretty, pretty underwhelming. Yeah. yeah, it was not. It's definitely not worth three hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, he's very sloppy. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Yeah. Anyways, back on Denzel, I guess to finish it off, I would say this was like a pretty good album, and I really enjoyed some songs. But I think as a whole, I give it like a seven to seven point five. Yeah, that's yeah. probably right around where I'd give it to. Like, solid album for like, sure, but like fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, it definitely wasn't meant to be like an album album. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you can totally tell yeah. from everything, right? Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's only like what 18 minutes. There's only so much you can talk about it, right? Yeah, so. exactly. Mm-hmm. Not so, going to yeah. go into like a lyrical digest, like the next album. Right, Aiden. Spoilers. I'll move on to yours, Aiden. Yeah, we can do finding your notes. For my classic for this episode, I ended up doing Benji by Sun Kill Moon, which was is an interesting choice on my end because I won't say that I've been outspoken on Mark Kozalik in the past, but in the same way that I think a lot of people feel about Father John Misty, I had a tough time getting consciously into Sun Kill Moon due to like the perception of Mark Kozalik as, like, a writer in, like, a lot of, like, the the general news cycle, I guess. Yeah. Like, his, <laughs> like, his, like, persona as a person just wasn't intriguing to me in the same way that I feel like a lot of people get that read with Father John Misty. Yeah, sort of, like, almost like a douche. Yeah. What is his persona? <laughs> like, he's very, like, outspoken. He's kind of, like, He's just, very, like, like, blunt and, like... Yeah. Mm. 
like kind of like a Noel Gallagher he's, kind of type. He's almost like a troll, like a okay. real life troll. Yeah. Like, didn't he, yeah, what, oh yeah, it was the war on drugs where he wrote a song. He wrote like a song like. He said that, the war on drugs suck my dick and he wrote a song and he performed it live because <laughs> oh he, he had like beef with them. Yeah. I'm like, indie rock needs more of this, but a lot of people were turned off by that. They're... Yeah. It's essentially like a, a diss track. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we need more diss tracks in other genres. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. not my safe space indie rock. Yeah. Kate, did I sent you the whole the 1975 thing, right? So 1975 put out a song. I can't remember the fucking name now. Near the first half of the thing, they talk about Pine Grove. Oh. And it's like a super, like... It like it's kind of like that 1975 singer is like kind of being in his like Father John Misty kind of bag where it's just like the lapse of like lapse of brain thought just put it down a brain to paper kind of thing. Yeah. But he's talking about this party that he went to and these young girls were like, we bought they bought tickets to the Pine Grove show but didn't know about the awkward stuff or something and that's the line. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. And it's so. That's like, so cringy. You can't help but laugh at it. It's like writers try to do like what this guy kind of does but like don't have the the songwriting ability yeah, to kind of do it. Yeah, they don't have it. like the wit. Yeah, they don't um, have like the wit or like songcrafting ability to actually do it justice. No, the 1975 is a joke. <laughs> so it's just I like some of their songs like too. Oh yeah, they they make like, catchy songs. It's just the lead singer so up oh, his I, own ass that it's like There's like a post there's like a post-punky song that they put out recently that was like, "Oh, oh. this is kind of I fuck with this. Yeah, but they also like the yeah. riff from Disorder. They ripped off completely. Oh, I that, know. Yeah. That always pissed me off because yeah. Leanne is is like well, she was. Now she's like kind of like indifferent. She's kind of toned down. But like she used to be like a really she used to be like one of those like super crazy fans, right? Yeah. And um, I told her I'm like this riff is one hundred percent stolen. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, there's not even a debate, yeah. and I showed this her, and like, she's like. It's different enough. Like he made it. Them. I was like, I'm like, no God. No. I was like, at least just like I was like, they could have at least if they just said they sampled that. Yeah. Then like the most sure. recognizable riff from. <laughs> that makes me mad. Yeah. It's like yeah, bringing no. up that, that like, was a bad an argument. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it was really bad. That's so funny. Um, but yeah, onto that. It was just like, I just like for the longest time, I just didn't find anything that was discussed with Mark Hoslick to be like attractive to me where it's just like I wasn't pushing myself to listen to any of his work for a long fucking time and I just like to me it was just like I don't think that his like throw care to the wind approach to the, to the songwriting I don't think that would work with me so that's like it kind of held me back on it for the longest time despite like I think I told that... you to listen to this album like multiple times yeah I'm like, I'm like I know you, you, you would love it I know you did <laughs> I fucking know you did. <laughs> but it was just like... Because, like, for me, it was just like, I know that I kind of like that same... That sort of... Like, with some with some other artists, I like that sort of style, but I don't know if this would land for me. Or, like, generally, most of these albums would land for me. But it... And it because of the overwhelming amount of this album showing up on, like, best albums of the decade lists kind of thing, I was like, okay. Now's the time. <laughs> And, like, so I listened to that, and then I listened to, like, those two other, like, collab albums that he did. Yeah. With, like, the jazzy mm-hmm. ones. And, I, like, obviously, considering that I'm talking about this record now, I think it kind of goes without saying that I was kind of like, oh, shit, fuck this album. 
this kind of fucks. Yeah. But it's just like, like for me, like as someone that likes stories and like lyrics and whatnot, Carissa just hit in the best way possible of like just like being an absolute heartbreak of an opener, and it's like an ink, super good introduction to Mark's like thoughts as songs. That's like kind of the best way I can kind of describe it, kind of style that he does, where it's like she vanishes up in flames like that. And there had to be more to her life's worth sort of thing just like there's a way that he writes where he'll like consider a topic and kind of see it to its absolute end in terms of like what could this mean and that's something that i really appreciate even like that first chorus kind of captures like how easy it is to him in some way of like just somehow writing a chorus that like simply shouldn't work like what was the chorus uh, Carissa, like, it's, it's more of a hook, but, like, Carissa was 35, was whatever, before she died. She took out the trash. Thing. Took out the trash. Aerosol, like, yeah. burst into flames in a fire pit. da 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 Just, like, it was, he was able to, like, he's able to suck out so much out of, like, a, kind of, like, a, like not a necessarily simple. scenario, almost. Yeah, like, a, like, a, a simple scenario. Just yeah, because like, we hear so much. It, th- that's what I really like about this album, and not to cut you off track yeah. or anything, but, like, he takes a lot of just like mundane like topics and turns them into like an interesting topic and story almost that you don't necessarily hear in music ever because music's all about like the flair yeah and like the excitement almost yeah and it's very like this is like oh this is what i did in my old small town that no one's heard the name of in ohio yeah. right yeah like yeah he's just able to like suck it all out and like ask like kind of like really intriguing questions of like like why does this happen or like how does it happen literally again in my fucking family mm-hmm. like the point of carissa and it kind of moves into truck driver is that for him carissa died the same way that his uncle died and he was like and i'm sure this happens to like so like in, in truck driver he kind of addresses it he's like this is such like a redneck way to die and he's like and this is like what i associate with He's like, this is like, I know this. He's like, this is like the life that I kind of came out of is like yeah. rednecky shit. But he was yeah. like, literally, this shit is like wild. Yeah. It's like, exactly like that. Though, like, how can this happen twice? Yeah. To one person in my life. Yeah. And it's just, it, it's just so striking. Like, Carissa will like easily probably like one of his, I can see why people would see Carissa as like one of his best tracks. Yeah. I hated that so much. Oh man, I was I just hated like most so... of this album. I'll be honest, like very much so. Was like I do not enjoy this. This is, uh, this is very much the general opinion too when it comes to Benji as well because like this album got rate. like a nine point two or something from Pitchfork. Yeah, yeah. And at the time, people were like, "What the fuck are they smoking? This yeah. guy's just having a stream of consciousness, like talking." Like, he's just talking over some chords, pretty much. But then other people are like, Aiden, where it's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> this is, like, a greatest lyrical revelation. It just, like, it's not, like, it's just, like, you have to be such a good songwriter, in my eyes, to, you like... You do, you do. Like, to do this and, like, to just somehow make it work. And all these songs, like, they could just end up sounding the fucking same. And sometimes they kind of do. But <laughs> Definitely do. <laughs> Like, he is just, oh my god, like, 
the song I love. Like, I can't. Uh, I love my dad. Oh, I was such to, like a, I hate that is. I was gonna like, bring up as a song that I hate the most. And that's the like, thing. I fucking hate that and song. And that's kind of the fun <laughs> bit about I love my dad is like. Oh, yeah. It's not intentionally. It's not that it's intentionally bad, but it's him poking fun at like Wilco and Wilco Wilco yeah, style yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a very. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's such like a dad I, I, rock song. Well, that's exactly why I, I was like, this is like a song I genuinely like do not like. <laughs> like it's like does not mesh well at all. Like I'm like I don't want this on. Yeah, but then it goes into I watch the film. The sun remains the same today, yeah, and that song's ten, so fucking good. That's so good. <laughs> It's like it's a 10, so 11 minute song good, about yeah. him watching the Led Zeppelin movie. I know, right? And like, this is why people, uh, this is why people are also tired of his shtick because it started off with like Benji almost and then yeah, the future it started albums. from like yeah, and that's something that Ian Cohen, the the guy that did the Pitchfork review, yeah, he is the one that like kind of touched on all of this. Is just like this kind of broke new ground for how he writes, and then he can kind of continued writing this way. So then it was like, yeah. and then now the shtick has kind of become the shtick, and so many people have kind of taken his his shtick as well where it just like popularized it and it comes from benji but mm-hmm. oh man yeah no yeah uh, and he is he didn't come out of nowhere either like he yeah. had a lot of iconic music backing him Beforehand. in his like previous band and then even like his previous albums as well were very like well liked but they're more i think you would enjoy his previous albums a lot more juggin because they're more they're more like guy with like acoustic guitar, so he's singing more like Nick Drake or like Elliot mm-hmm. Smith and stuff like that. Well, just in general, I feel like I've kind of <clears throat> I I don't hate on most folk for sure, but like it's definitely just not my thing anymore. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just I just find a lot of it overall a little boring. Yeah, and this fair. one is already just like dry folk, uh-huh. so it's like extra just like it's yeah. a, it's a tough listen. But that doesn't mean there aren't some songs I like. I like Truck Driver. Yeah, for sure. But it does end up getting a little bit too boring for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like Pray for Newtown. And I know that's the one that has, uh, it's about like the Sandy Hook shootings in yeah. Newtown, Connecticut and everything like that. And I feel like that one, like the lyrics really stood out and everything like that. And like in general, I mean, like you kind of touched on this, this album definitely has uh, the general theme and, and of it is both like death and mor- mortality, right? And just yeah. like how like, easy just like kind of laughable yeah like you can just die yeah exactly (laughs) right and i got i definitely like because instrumentally it was so dry again i it did it forced me almost to pay attention to the lyrics a lot yeah but that's i guess one thing that i didn't like especially at this length is that i mean we were just talking about it earlier on why i don't watch long youtube videos or anything it's just like so i'm not somebody who can generally sit down with one thing Mm -hmm. and just like like listen to this hour hour and two minute long album mm-hmm. especially one that doesn't really jive with me yeah. like uh on like an auditory level right? yeah yeah no. it just like uh, for that reason this took me a long time to get through entirely that's fair especially the 10 minute song i don't think i've listened to that whole song <laughs> mainly because and i've skipped through it a few times it has the exact same guitar plucking which is cool yeah like just kind of like a nice little riff but it's for like eight and a half minutes I love there's that. nothing added in and i'm like oh my, i'm so going bad. fucking crazy i'm like i don't like, so I, yeah i come from my favorite genre by far ambient music yeah that or drone music same fucking thing for 15 minutes so this is really appealing to me when it's the, and 
Yeah, I find it interesting you don't find any of the instrumentation interesting, but that may be because I come from a guitar background. I don't know if that will have, like, oh, anything sure. effect yeah, yeah. Yeah. to it. Because, like, oh, my God, the tone he gets on his nylon guitar is just yeah, there's gorgeous like, uh. throughout. And that's the one thing that continually... Some of it, like, literally, with some of it literally just sounds like strings. Like, oh. it took me so long to realize, like, Carissa isn't... There's no, like, orchestral strings, but, like, that is... No, it's the tuning. He yeah. does so such odd tunings to his guitar. Like, I looked it up, and I was like, what the hell? Like, where does this guy come up <laughs> with these tunings? I didn't know that. Yeah. That's cool. It took me a bit to kind of get it, too, but just, like, each song kind like, it ben- it benefits from having, a, like, a full, like, a full band behind it, but it still keeps, like, the him at the forefront as, like, a singer-songwriter, like, acoustic mm-hmm. guitar kind of thing. Because, like, dogs... And Richard Ramirez play more with like that electric guitar sound or like vocal manipulation or something like that. To me, they all sound like different enough to to be considered different. But I can see why it's just like no, these all sound the same. I can see yeah. like. Well, I I, I definitely am not like they literally. I can't tell the difference, yeah. right? <laughs> I just think as an overall, if you were to play back one of the songs, I might be able to identify by the lyrics, but I definitely could not by the instrumentation. Yeah. I feel like they all had like it fell within the same kind of uh like time signature and they and it generally had like the same kind of melody. Mm-hmm. I think they and, have like different chord progressions though that you'll be able to I feel like they're not distinct enough or like mm-hmm. maybe not loud or not at the forefront enough yeah. for me to for them to ever be memorable to me. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think the only two I would agree with there would be Carissa and Micheline. Michael Ian, yeah. Would be the two, like, closest to, like, chord progression, picking them out. Yeah. Maybe. No. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd say those would be the closest. Because yeah. they both have that slow, like, just, like, sad finger-picking almost. Mm-hmm. And it yeah. ends up with Ben's next time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, you're talking about going to, like, a postal service show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like... And being ben tight Gibbard. with, he used to, ha- talking about how he used to be and, like, still is kind of tight with Ben Gibbard. But it's sort of like a, he's sort of like a, I'm not, so, he's like, I'm not mad about it, but I recognize that you're really big now. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's funny. And that is, I, I, I haven't listened to the song yet, but even Fantana was talking about, I, didn't read the lyrics on that new I didn't read the lyrics on that new the new album that new compilation album that he did but he's talking about how he's telling his story about how before Jeff Buckley died initially Jeff Buckley once sent a letter to Mark Kozlik talking about how much of an inspiration he was to Jeff to to Jeff Buckley or something I can see that and like Mark Kozlik said He's like, it's torn him apart for this, like, for however long that he never responded because to him, <laughs> he was like trying to dissect why Jeff Buckley would write to him. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and he's just like, what the fuck? Like, I, 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 I was always uh, curious about that too. Looking back at bands like that, I'm like, how big were they? And like, like, how tight scope? were they with yeah, like exactly. one another in a sense? Like, because like, like Red House Painters, so yeah, they, they weren't that known like nowadays, but like back then, maybe they would have been like semi because they were all like new like he's like a somewhat new yorky kind of dude or like yeah. some that's from that yeah. similar sector I, I i'm sure like a lot just like the modern day music scene there's a lot of people yeah that are like that yeah it was just wild and that was like that was a song it was like oh fuck i 
it it took me like a few more lessons to realize oh he's talking about ben gibbard <laughs> yeah what the fuck <laughs> and then funny. even and then he's talking about the the there was a certain song where he's talking about i think it was richard ramirez or i watched the film where he's talking about the guy from the sopranos died at 51 fuck that's the same age as like the guy playing drums for this album for benji mm. and the dude playing drums was the one of the drummers from sonic youth oh actually yeah he, really uh what's his name ian who, ian cohen was talking about it i know who you're talking about he just released an album yeah with uh fuck why can't i remember his name I'm not gonna find it in my saved album. I think I've got, I, I think I've got it. I know who you're talking about, but that's crazy. I didn't know he played on the album. Uh, Steve Shelley. Oh really? Yeah. Damn. He was because uh, yeah, it's a. Uh, okay, he didn't release an album, but <laughs> it's Michael. It's Michaelene, yeah. Um, he mentions booking a movie role as the bassist from Stillwater. At mm. one point, he sings "The Sopranos guy died at 51." That's the same age as the guy who's coming to play drums. And once you know, former Sonic Youth stickman Steve Shelley, who played on the record, turns 52. <laughs> That's funny, actually. Yeah. And Dogs, like, is based on, like, the Pink... Like, he, I think it's one of the first lyrics. He's talking about giving some girl the Pink Floyd album, Dogs. Oh. So that's why it's called Dogs. It's just... Ah, oh, there's so <laughs> many layers to, like, the lyric shit in this. It's, oh, my God, I can't... Yeah. I can't get over it. See, this is, this is the album I told you to listen to over time, knowing you're a lyrics guy. I'm like, yeah, take this one. <laughs> Tried yeah. to push it your way. I actually remember back in 2014 trying to listen to this because it was on a lot of end of the year lists. Yeah. And I remember at that time also being like, not for me. Well, yeah. Seon was so into it too. Like, so, yeah. I, I think he was the reason why I listened to it because at, at first I was like, that was back in the era where I only listened to albums where albums, like the covers interested me if I didn't know the musician. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, like, I could check this out. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, the album cover sucks. Yeah, exactly. It's it's pretty. Just, it's so like la- It's pretty lackluster. Yeah, it is. It doesn't really represent anything for the album. And I was like, okay, Sam, I'll listen to it. Yeah, because yeah, I I know he loves a lot of Kozelik stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I like. I think the Ian Cohen has put it kind of like the best way near the end of the review, where he's just like, Benji has just so many secrets that it's just like it's so fun to just find stuff in it. Oh, I 100% agree. I, like, st- I still I, love like, this album. The best way to describe it is just, like, there's so much to, like, dig into. But, like, I'll forget about this album for a couple months, and I'll be like, oh, yeah, Benji exists. And then I'll be like, fuck, this album's great, and I'll listen to it, like, 20 times in a row. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely classic. Four out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting that. Not good. No. Not good, <laughs> yeah. But I totally get why. 4 out of 10 for Juggin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. totally get why you guys like it so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just not for me. Yeah, that's, that's totally fair. fair. Yeah. What about you, Aiden? I am, like, pleasantly surprised. Like, this is probably, like, a a 9 as well for me. A 9? <laughs> yeah. I was expecting higher, honestly. Yeah, this is a 10 yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe closer to 9.5. Yeah. So I think... And it's not, like, a... It's not a song that I, like, immediately dislike, but I'm trying to think of... One that I wasn't necessarily a fan of. Jim Wise. Jim Wise took a bit. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. The the one that took the girl on me the longest was definitely the Wilco song. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was just is, so funny. Because it's, like, it's just a dig, but it, it's, it's just like, like jugging. It's like dig. typical dad rock sound. I'm like, fuck this song. Even, like, I don't even the... normally hate dad rock. It's just... Literally, but like... it's like so... It's like almost like country. Yeah. 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 And that's that's Wilco, that's right. yeah. Wilco's yeah, okay. like country dad rock. Yeah. yeah. It's like okay. literally the literature is like... Yeah, I my dad gave me a guitar. Yeah, and then he was like, "I still practice a lot these days, but not as much as Nels Klein, who's like the guitarist from Wilco." Oh. And then he goes into his like dorky ass. Yeah, I can't. It's, uh. Yeah, um, <laughs> that sounds just comedy. Yeah, I think yeah, Jim Wise. I love the sentiment behind "I can't live without my mother's love," but. Can I think that one can be a bit much, but hmm. outside of that, it's just like yeah, it's nine point five for me. Just like yeah, good album. Dang. No. Thanks, Ben. No. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Mark Kozlik. Yeah. Ben Gibbard. Like, <laughs> Ben's my friend. Yeah. Everyone needs to write a song about Ben Gibbard now. You gotta Who's see ben him Gibbard? at the postal service show though. Ben Gibbard is like a postal service death and cap like, for a death TV. cap. Yeah. Oh, okay. He's the singer. I think the name is familiar. Right. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah. It's a big man now. Yeah. Bruv. Bruv. Was featured on a bunch of Grey's Anatomy. Wait, was he? Well, the songs was. Yeah. Oh. It's like pure, like, Grey's Anatomy fodder. Yeah. yeah. Who's the other guy that was featured? He has, like, literally almost every... I'm trying to think. Fucking blanking on his name. Sleeping at Last? I think that was it. I don't think it was Sleeping at Last. But it might have been. Actually, it might have been it. Thank you for listening to Intune. <laughs> yeah, yeah I think we're done. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, thank you for listening. Thanks for checking us out. And if you'd like, if you if you're just starting, like check out some of our stuff. We got like twenty plus episodes now. There's a lot oh, to play with. Squarespace sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe if we were consistent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a bit more consistent. Yeah. Like up our social media presence. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks to Johnny for the artwork and thank you, Sam, for the intro outro music. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Yo, so I bought a book on social media. Yeah. Specifically on my social media is the worst.